Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Kane's Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. On this edition of the Kane's Corner Podcast, the owner of your Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, who just got a chance to experience... What everybody had told him about, PNC Arena, filled to capacity, standing room only, for a playoff game. Uh, was your was the reality as good as the anticipation for it? Yeah, definitely. It was fun. It's, uh, it's hard to wait for, but uh, it was a fun night. Oh, it was, it, there's no question it was a fun night, and we're going to get to the night itself. Um, when when you got into this, you talked about you know bringing people back into the arena and seeing. You knew that there was excitement. What what frame of reference did you have for what that was like? It had been ten years. It has been such a long time since we've seen that building. We've seen it filled, but we haven't seen it filled and then feeling like that. So, what was the frame of reference, and did, what did you have it to compare to? You know, it's interesting because the, you know, that December 20, I think it was a 23rd game against Boston or the mm-hmm. Whalers night. Right. That was, that was pretty fun. I thought the music in the arena, I don't know if you remember. But I do. Whoever did the music did a really good job. Uh, like there's something about it, right? That mm-hmm. night felt really good in there. And then towards the end of the year, there was a couple of times it felt pretty good. And, but there, there's something of the, you know, I don't know what it is, right? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but the finality or uh, something about the playoffs that you get a few more people and a little more energy and excitement. And, you know, all of a sudden, all the things that we talked about we needed to do that didn't maybe have much to do with hockey, but just what you have to do for the fans for right. when they're coming 41 times a year, really, we don't have to do anything, right? Because uh, the hockey and the crowd takes care of it all. The The playoff atmosphere... I've been to World Series baseball games. I've been to Super Bowls. I have been to NBA playoff games. I've never been to an NBA Finals game, but I've been to playoff games at the Garden as a kid growing up. I have never felt anything like what I felt even Monday night, and that's just the first round. And I do remember, even throughout 2006 and 2009, how it builds. I don't know. Can it get louder? than it was on Monday. Yeah, it's interesting. I wouldn't know, right? You know better than me. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's. Well, it's interesting because as fans, we are um, – this is given, – given how long it's been and all the narrative around that, that first round, although maybe if you end up winning or if you're a team that's had more success, it may not be a big deal to other people, right? But yeah. – 
obviously I think we all know there was something cathartic about getting there and being there and then you're down 2-0 and you know it's I don't know if you watched in the other playoff series, but ours, for whatever reason, oh, yeah. seems to be the most physical, right? And, <laughs> and so there's, yeah, there's something here that that is probably, you know, maybe we'll be talking about how, look how excited we used to get about the first round. Like, hopefully that's where this goes this year and in the future. Uh-huh. But yeah, that, that was a special night for sure. Now, this I think you're right. I think this has been the most physical of the series, and I watched, I've, I've watched plenty of Tampa and Columbus, and that certainly is surprising, although I've been saying since the playoff matchups were set that I still think Tampa's going to win the series, but when you look at rosters, I still think Columbus might have the second might, had the second best roster in the sport going into the playoffs but they just hadn't played like it. Now that they're playing like it, my pick is uh, a Columbus-Carolina Eastern Conference Final. Uh, we'll get to that in uh, in a little bit. Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, are joining us. I, I think, I mean, you have become a student of the game. Washington is a bigger team than Carolina. Felt like they could probably push Carolina around a little bit. That's their game. And what happened on Monday night was Carolina beat Washington to their game for checking and physicality was really what won the night. We were pretty good. That was fun. <laughs> I can hear you smile. You can hear somebody smile. Uh, what Human nature tells us it's going to be hard to repeat what we just saw. Washington will play, uh, will play different. Uh, no, no, you are, are you coming? I don't know if you're, you're going to be able to come to the game tomorrow night. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna come. Oh, you I'm are. Good, yeah, good. I'm coming tomorrow. You you move things around in your schedule. Is Gary Bettman coming back? No, he's not. I don't believe so. I think uh, I think that was our first one, so he probably wanted to be there. Maybe we'll see him here uh, in a month or two, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and maybe he'll bring uh, he'll bring a big gift for uh, for everybody. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the he was sitting in the stands. So is that something Gary just wanted to do, go down, sit in the stands with fans and experience the game from that vantage point? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before the game, and, you know, it's. I think it's important to him, and obviously given where we've been to, to sort of be in that environment. He's been a big supporter, as you know, of, mm-hmm. of getting the team here and keeping the team here. So he's he believes, you know, he believes in the market. I think he... I think you know he has to he has to love all the teams the same, but I I think he recognizes sort of some of the things the organization's done and how that hopefully is you know good for the good for the overall game and where it's headed. Yeah, Gary has said been saying for a long time uh, that he he values the market and the market is good when the team is good. Uh, was there a time this year when you thought? Man, it's just not going to happen this year. This this is going to take longer. And you're an impatient person to begin with, but that this is going to take longer than I really wanted to take. Yeah, I think in December, obviously, it was disappointing because you know we probably had played better than our record, and that that was the hardest part. Like if you're not good enough, and you know you're not good enough, then that's part of the process, right? You're mm-hmm. supposed to be patient and be. You're supposed to acknowledge when you're not good enough. And I'd like to think that we'd keep our ego out of it and and 
that was what was hard. You thought we were good enough. We were clearly, you could watch and you could see we're good enough. And then you'd add them up at the end and you lost. It didn't make sense. And I think Roddy and the team did a good job of, of realizing that, you know, sometimes you don't get what you deserve. And that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean you should get impatient or you should change anything we would have changed would have made us worse, most likely not Mm -hmm. better. And so that, but yeah, there was definitely a time there where it didn't look too good. Was there a time when earlier in the process, obviously when we got into uh, middle March, when the team had actually, uh, you know, could reach out and touch the playoffs or actually was ahead of Columbus or Montreal, if not both, it was a reality at that point. But was there a time around, you know, maybe early February, mid-February, where you thought, yeah, as crazy as it is, this is actually possible. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's scary to get that hope, right? Because you don't want to get let down and you and so uh it was almost easier when it was like, Oh, there's no way, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're playing good, but this is gonna be really hard. And then as soon as it got real, um, it became very nerve you know, very difficult <laughs> to uh to watch because now all of a sudden you think, Well, this could happen, I don't want it taken away from us mm-hmm. especially from the guys and the you know, Roddy and everybody, you know, you see how hard they're trying, how hard everybody's working. And now you, we all get hope, right? We all get expectations. And to me, that was the hardest part of all of it. You know, the the surprising from December to, you know, early March, that was a lot easier. Because it's like, wow, we won again. Mm-hmm. Right? So. And then, yeah, and then it started, you know, the Tampa at home, uh, the home and home with Washington, uh, the trip to Pittsburgh that didn't go well. Uh, the uh, the game at Columbus, and I think it was after the uh, the shutout win at Colorado, where Peter Morozik was, I mean, as good as a goaltender can be. Because frankly, I thought Carolina wasn't very good that game, but Peter Morozik did. It did. It just didn't matter because uh, Peter was so good. Uh, then you go to Co- uh, Columbus, a team you know you're competing with, and it's just not there. Um, but the way they finished at Toronto. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, home game with the Devils, which got off to a slow start. Uh, yeah. That it was, uh, it was tremendous. So, as a fan, and this, what you're describing, the you know, you get your hopes up and you're worried about getting your heart broken. That's just that's just living and dying as a fan. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's all. We, you know, look, there's no, I can't do it. Look, we we maybe can do some stuff this summer, right? But this. Uh... Cakes in the oven, right? Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're all we can do is root for them now. There's right. nothing. There's nothing you can do to help them other than, you know, ask them what what can we do for you, right? Is there anything you need? And and you know, hopefully by this time of year, we know the things they need and they have them. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm the cheerleader. And and I have these conversations with Joe all the time uh, on uh, on the radio show. I will never not be a fan of sports. And while I cover this team, I am a fan of this team. And I try as best as I can to remain as objective as I can, which, by the way, works to the detriment of me in the eyes of some Hurricanes fans who want me uh, to be on their side all the time, and sometimes I'm not. But I will not deny the fact that I'm with you in that emotionally I'm up and I'm down. (laughs) <laughs> based on how they how they you know with the results of the game um but i i again but go back to my arguments with joe i think that's what makes sports great 
having an emotional attachment. It's not, it shouldn't be just uh, kind of, not just entertainment. Be, people are passionate about these things. It's, I think it's okay to feel that way. Yeah, it's hard to explain, right? Why do we care so much? And But I agree. That's why we love it, and that's what's enjoyable about it. And, you know, you and I may be too close to it, right? Because when it, go, <laughs> when it goes bad, it, 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 I hope that most of our fans don't feel the way I feel when we lose because I don't want them to feel that poorly. <laughs> you know, I but feel, they do. I feel terrible. Yeah, a lot of them do. And, but, and, and those are the fans that you want you, – you're doing this for, right? It's – uh, and this is why I love sports is because people, you get, they be, like it's in your blood. More conversations that Joe and I have about fandom. Like he he asked me once, why are you a Mets fan? I was like, because I am. That's, that, that's not, a, I mean, that's what kind of question is that? It's because that's who I am, but they're not very good. I'm like, so? That's just, that's the team that I root for. So when they are good. Uh, it maybe it's better. Maybe it just feels better those moments, and I think we're experiencing now uh, ten years of pent up, you know, unrequited love for yeah, uh, for for this team, which I think is contributing to what uh, what we're seeing. But whose decision was was it to wear black? By the way, the players really, yeah, they uh, they wanted to. Now I love. I, I'm glad they wanted to, but I had I just. They asked me if it was okay, and I said, of course. Uh, would the league have allowed you to wear Hartford Whalers uniform? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have done it, but <laughs> I, uh, uh, it wouldn't have made it to the league. But um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I'll have to ask them. It's, uh, no, I don't think they would have, though, answer your question. The, uh, it's, what's interesting is – Justin Williams. Every all, all play, players have hats. They have tons of hats, and and you and in almost all cases, they're wearing different hats all the time. Justin has basically worn a Whalers cap in post game or post practice interviews for like three months. See, that's just comp- he's a company man. I guess so. I, I you know what I mean. I think I have to ask him, but I'll bet he just thinks he looks good in it, right? Like you like that because <laughs> I I know I didn't ask him to wear it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I've noticed that too. Good looking hat though. <laughs> it's it a, is a good looking hat. It's a great hat. As a matter of fact, somebody asked me the other day, um, like they went into the eye. I guess it was it was Monday. They went into the eye and they said, "It doesn't. There's not enough whaler stuff." Uh, and I I honestly didn't know. I mean, I know there was there were racks of stuff for the whalers. I think I got something before whalers game. Obviously, there was more of a push then. Uh, but is there a decision to to put? less Whaler stuff on display in the playoffs because it is the Hurricanes. And by the way, uh, there were a few Whalers jerseys, but it was also almost all uh, red and black. No, I mean, well, there might have been, but it didn't get to me. Okay. So, no, I didn't. I didn't. Look, for me, I just want to – that store is big enough. Like, let's have everything people want. I mean, right now there's a those bunch of jerk shirts or they're, <laughs> we, we ran out of them and <laughs> – that's not good, so we're getting more. But that seems to be the universal thing that everyone gets, and you know that's what's good. It's a T-shirt, so it's affordable. And then, um, but yeah, if if there's not whaler stuff and people want it, then we should have it, right? So no, it wasn't. I don't. I'm not going to dictate to people what they should buy right. and what they shouldn't. I think we just make it available and let people, you know, get what they like. Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, is here. Uh, real quick about the game itself. 
Um, from from your perspective, you have a uh, you have a, a couple of thoughts on Ovechkin versus Fetchnikov. Look, in general, my own, my main thought is I I and I when I talk to players, look, we're not here to fight, right? Right. Um, there's there's a group mentality, a toughness that you can see we have, and there's a there's a way to be bold and be brave and be aggressive um, and still protect yourself. And, and so that's, I don't, obviously I'm emotional. This is a, this is a really good kid. It really bothered me mm-hmm. in general to see it. Um, but, you know, blaming people, we, we, we're all here. We're all part of it. And, you know, blame doesn't do any good. And I just would prefer our guys not, I prefer us not to fight. I do have a lot of opinions that I just better I don't share, but uh, <laughs> nothing nothing that would make would make the world better and just make me feel better if I talk about it. But right. my my overriding thing is let's let's just stop fight and let's just win because we we're better than we're better than the other team and not because we you know to me it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to have your one of our best players and a kid fight a grown man and you know, take the risk of getting hurt or mm-hmm. not playing for five minutes. So I, I just prefer he didn't do it. We have uh, we have had this discussion on the air for the last two days. Uh, so the benefits of fighting, which are uh, intangible at best and leaps of faith as to what the true overall impact is on winning and losing, which is the ultimate goal is to win. Uh, so Carolina lost one of their best players, not to mention a 19-year-old kid who has an incredible future in Svechnikov, and Washington lost their best player, who is their the most important part of their power play, who wasn't available for a power play during the five minutes he spent in the penalty box. Nobody won there. No, it's it's. Look, I'm not like say I get it. It's going to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'd prefer it to be people that maybe are a little more experienced, know what they're doing. Um, you know, if it's going to happen, it should at least be people that have have a clue and maybe a little more of a match, you know, a little more. I don't know. I'm, he's a kid. You know, I got a 17-year-old. I couldn't imagine fighting him. So <laughs> I just I just prefer if there's going to be fights, it be between people who are a little more aware of how to do it. We need but. weight classes. We need weight classes in hockey like we have in uh, in other sports. Um the for the game. I mean, obviously, the game. Uh, the game was amazing. But after the game, and when the emotions are supposed to be done, Rod Brindamore came into the press conference, and because it's the playoffs, things are done a little differently. So we actually talked to Washington's coach Todd Reardon first. So it's it had been probably twenty five minutes, maybe thirty minutes after the game. And I don't know how far into the press conference they asked Rod about Svechnikov. What did it show to you when Rod was, I think, choking back tears uh, at just remembering watching Svechnikov get knocked out? Yeah, I mean, look, for the last this last couple minutes, like I feel nauseous talking about it. It's, right. I mean, he's a kid, and, you know, I think Rod and I probably share this emotion that, you know, we got to take care of him. He's a, he's, he's a kid. And one of the things I've been most proud of this year is the way the people in the locker room have taken care of this kid. And, 
and we've tried as an organization to do everything we can. But I mean, it's it's a little strange, you know, person from another country, 18 years old, you know, going off and doing what he's doing in this career. And I know other people have done it, but it doesn't minimize, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's our responsibility. And we didn't do, you know, the fact that he was in that situation. I'm I'm very frustrated. I'm thinking what I could have done different so we can avoid this. And I feel like, you know, as an organization, I believe, I think Roddy probably feels that way too, is, you know, it's not supposed to happen that way and we got to do better. And, you know, I'm not trying, I don't want to blame anybody, but, but it's nobody's fault. We, we, mm-hmm. we all have to look at this and figure out how not, how to take care of our players on our team and especially the new ones and the kids. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard it's hard to see something like that happen. And I get there's fights all the time and, you know, very rarely does it happen like mm-hmm. that, but you know, we're supposed to plan for the things that, that you don't expect. And we didn't. And so I think that's probably the hardest part is, is our responsibility and we didn't take care of them. And so we, we, we got to do better next time. And luckily he's okay, but it's, it's hard to think about. It's hard to watch. Yeah. You, you plan for the things that can happen as opposed to the things that, normally do happen because 90% of hockey fights there's no they're draws there's no winner no loser very rarely is there a uh, solid punch landed and unfortunately it went uh, all very wrong back when you hired when you announced the hiring of Rod Brindamore you called him uh, the team's best asset how many way how many times during the year did that come back to you whether it's something he said, something he did, uh, how the team performed, and all of that was just proven over and over and over again to you. Yeah, I mean, I every day I think it's it's uh, it's it's been incredible to watch. You know, whether it's how he treats the players, his coaches, his staff. You know, somebody told me as we look at hiring different people. You know, you hear about people that manage up. Right. They right. treat me one they treat me one way and everybody else another. Mm-hmm. Rod's the exact opposite. He treats everybody if if anything, he would treat me worse than he would treat everybody else. He's not he doesn't want anything from me. He right. doesn't he doesn't have to do anything different to me than he would with everybody else in the organization. And that that people that are genuine and care, um, and then the fact that he's intelligent, he can motivate and he can teach, he's got all these characteristics. So yeah, it's it's looking better and better every day. As growing, you know, being a fan of sports and doing what I do, and you try, we we try to act smarter sometimes than we are, and we boil things down in different ways. Being a head coach or a manager in baseball, whatever, whatever the sport is, the number one element to being a good head coach, or the m- number one job of a coach, is to manage your personnel. Uh, so, in however you want to fra- term that, you have to manage your team. And to me, the number one element to managing your personnel is caring about them. And Rod has a hundred, maybe more, great qualities. But the, he cares so much, which is what struck me Monday night when he was talking about what happened, was that how much he truly cares about them and they know it, and that's why they play like this. No, I agree with you. I mean, if you think about you're down 2-0, you have a small lead, your kid gets knocked out, um, 
and you're, you know, Furlan's not in the game, and he's probably the person that makes you feel most secure, right? Right. If, if that ma- if that matters, then, and so yeah, I mean the fact, the fact that the next two periods went the way they went, you, you know, obviously you have to give a lot of credit to everybody down there, the players, the coaches, because, you know, that would have been hard for me to do anything productive after that happened. Mm -hmm. So the fact, the fact, and these guys are very close, you know, they've all taken care of this kid. So yeah, Yeah. I I give him a lot of credit. I give him all a lot of credit. Dougie Hamilton. I I mean, look in the first half of the year, I think there were a lot of people who formed an opinion of Dougie Hamilton uh, for whatever reason, he wasn't playing his best. Um, But game in and game out, my uh, appreciation and respect for Hamilton continues to grow. Um, he took that personally that what, I mean, he, again, he wasn't blaming, but he took, he was, it moved him. Uh, Dougie, Dougie is a really thoughtful, smart guy. Um, he is. And again, the second half of the season has been absolutely tremendous. Tom Dundon is the owner of the Carolina hurricanes and he joins us here in the Canes corner podcast. A few more things. How much have you, have you, has your mind wandered to next year? While even while you're watching the team at the end of the season and into the playoffs, how much has your mind wandered to next year about personnel decisions? Who to whom do we have to offer contracts? I mean, look, I, you try to evaluate everything, right? What's out there? What do you have? Um, and you know, your example on Dougie is a great example. I thought he was a great player the whole time. And he's a great guy the whole time. He worked hard the whole time, but maybe he didn't get the results mm-hmm. that everybody expected. But it didn't mean he wasn't playing good. And you have to be very careful in this sport that um, kind of like the team. The team was fine. And so we got to know the difference, right, between between are the, what's the reason. What's the reason we win and lose? Um, and so, yeah, we're always thinking about it. But we have – the kind of chemistry and effort level that that those guys have right now, it's much harder to contemplate changing when you have something you don't want to mess up, mm-hmm. right? And I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're very fortunate that we ended up with this mix, right? Whatever that mix is, <laughs> it all worked. And I give Rod a lot of credit, but the players deserve and the assistant coaches deserve a lot of credit. And so yeah, it's you think about it, but you also realize, you know, you don't want to make change for change's sake. Where last year I did. Last year I knew we needed to change just because we needed to change, right? We all knew mm-hmm. it. Uh, even if it wasn't, even if we're going laterally, we needed to change. You know, the bar's a lot higher now. I actually, I actually, whether we win or lose this series, we should, we we can win this series, right? Sure. There's a difference between getting lucky and winning and we can win it doesn't mean we're favored doesn't mean we will but we we're, we're competitive enough and and we there's there's plenty of scenarios where i could see us winning and then winning the next one the next one and so when you have that you have to be i think you have to be a little more deliberate yeah, in how part, you do things part of what happened to tampa bay was they felt a pressure they had not felt in a long time and once columbus came back in game one it kind of snowballed on the lightning. They're still incredibly talented and they have all the elements, but at some point you get inside your own head. And if the hurricanes win game four, now all of a sudden Washington is thinking, wait a second here. We had this, we had the control of this. 
We had we were better than that team, and all of a sudden now we beat them four times during the regular season, and all of a sudden now it's it seems to be going the other way. And confidence is an amazing thing, in uh, in sports. Uh, Peter Morazic surprise you? <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I think goalies are interesting, right? Because he's been yes. a great goalie most of his life, and he had he probably had twelve or eighteen months where he was an average goalie. You know, he hasn't, hasn't been a bad goalie. And so I think you expected him to be a good NHL goalie. And then the, the surprise, I would say, hasn't been his talent because I think we knew he had talent. Maybe he wasn't getting the result. But in terms of of what a great person and guy and how he fits in and how he kind of creates confidence and energy, that would have been harder to predict, right? Like that we couldn't have predicted. But his skill as a goalie was clearly there. It's been there. And most goalies have, you know, very few goalies have five straight great years. And, you know, he had three or four really good ones. And so if he had one bad one, that didn't mean he forgot how to play at 24 years old. So, but what surprised me is what a perfect fit he was for where we are as an organization. You know, I am not a believer. I'm, I'm not a believer in destiny. I'm not a believer in sports jinxes. I am a believer in ch- I am a chain of events uh, in life type of person. One thing leads to another, leads to another, and there are different paths you can take uh, to uh, along the way. And everything changes if you take a different path. Uh, that's uh, but it is. I have been constantly amazed at how pieces fell together for this team. And you were alluding to this. Peter Mrazek uh, basically was just trying to resurrect himself as a goaltender in the NHL and came here on a one-year deal. Curtis McElhinney was plucked off waivers because Scott Darling uh, hurt his hamstring, I guess, in the final preseason game. If Scott's healthy, comes out of that Nashville game healthy, you don't pick up Curtis McElhinney. And this mix is all, some of it's just dumb luck. Do you think about those things? Yeah, there's definitely luck involved, right? You know, no one wins every organization right has the story of uh, we wanted to pick this guy but I mean we got Sebastian Ajo in the second round right <laughs> um, so I think we got Slave in what third or fourth round yeah. right so Pesci, same luck, thing. L- yeah luck matters right let's be clear luck for the, you it's same thing like probably whoever wins each of these games for the most part um, had some sort of luck right because mm-hmm. statistically in hockey the team that wins like has more good scoring chances and should win only wins 55% of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not as if it's not as if luck doesn't matter, but yeah, I think, look, what I'm proud of is that we have a philosophy, right. And when Peter Morazic wants to prove himself, um, that fits the philosophy, right. You want people like that, people who have something to prove, like they tend to perform better in life. And so that doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time, but yeah, I think, I think we've been lucky for sure, and I like to keep being lucky for a little while. Like, uh, that's why you have the shamrocks. Lucky, right? That's why you yeah. have the shamrocks on the hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the fact that let's be clear, I wouldn't be in this position. Like, get to own a hockey team, get to like it takes some luck, right? Like, I, uh-huh. it's not like I was. I, I this wouldn't happen again if I got to live my life over and. And probably the same thing that's going to happen in these playoffs, right? The team that wins it wouldn't win it every time. But no. Someone's going to win it this one time. Might as well, might as well try to be us. 
uh, you know, speaking of luck, um, one of my father's friends, this goes back way a, a long time ago in the, I would say it was the late 50s, invented the crazy straw. <laughs> I'm, 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 I wish I was kidding about that. I'm not. Uh, so he made a lot of money with the crazy straw and then sold it. Gosh, I believe he sold it to Walt Disney World. Sold the 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 patent or whatever it was, whatever he had. He sold the uh, the rights to the crazy straw, but he invented the crazy straw. Is that that's just a bizarre like? That's something I could have invented. Yeah, you're too good at this stuff. We need we need you on this podcast. <laughs> Can't waste your time. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I I was feeling like I could have I could have invented the pop tart, and then where I, where would I have been? I, I probably wouldn't have been doing this podcast. That is true. Um, I'm, I could not be more excited about, uh, about game four on Thursday. So people are listening to this on Thursday during the day. Uh, it's coming up soon. If you're listening to it on Friday, I uh, hope you had a good time at, uh, at game four and Tom Dundon had nothing to do with the players wearing the black uniforms. It was their idea. They do look great. Uh, and the team and the building looks amazing. The, your entire staff has done an amazing job this year. Um, when it comes to the production value of the games, um, and I know, I don't know, Justin Williams, I guess, had the idea for the storm surge, and that was great, and it stopped, and people were talking about why is it stopping, but they were talking about the Hurricanes, but now it's because of the team, and that's very cool. I think that's, yeah, I assume that's why I stopped, right? But, yes. Yeah, I don't, I, but if he wants to start again, I'd be okay with it. Well, the ultimate storm surge comes that's right. <laughs> when Gary Bettman brings the toy back. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, for stopping by. All right, thanks for covering us, bud. Thank you. You got it. That's this week's Kane's Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Canes coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Canes Radio Flagship, 99.9 The Fan. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.